T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're going to go to the West Her Hotline now because joining me this morning is my good friend Paul Hamilton. Paul, good morning to you, sir. Um, you had some fun yesterday, it sounded like. Oh, I love doing that. That's my favorite thing to do is play-by-play. Play. It's kind of my passion, you know, and uh, uh, actually has had almost had a few opportunities to do it in the NHL. I actually have done it with the Sabres, I mean, full-time. Uh, probably finalist for four different jobs, but just it's a, it's a high thing and didn't quite get it, so... Uh, uh, but still enjoy doing it. Well, their loss is our gain because you're still around here hanging with us, so we appreciate <laughs> that. But, uh, no, I, I, I texted you yesterday. I always enjoy listening to you and Brian. You guys do a fantastic job on those broadcasts. Um, and, you know, frankly, Paul, it's just good to kind of feel like regular hockey is back, meaning, like, people are allowed to be in the, you know, in the arena watching games, the atmosphere. You know, this... Obviously, this team over the past several years has been very disappointing on-ice product. Uh, but the one thing I think that maybe we can all start looking upward on is they're pretty. there's a consensus amongst NHL people. This is the number one prospect pool in the league. Paul, did you get the sense that they looked like the number one prospect pool in the league yesterday in that game? Well, I've always thought, I mean, you hear a lot, the cupboard is bare. Really? You know, I... <laughs> Where are y'all getting at? A lot of the cupboard is already in Buffalo. Cousins, you know, you, you would consider that. Darlene, uh, he's already up there. Some of the youngsters we saw in there last year, and Asplund and Thompson, you know, so some of that cupboard is already there. But, you know, look at Jack Quinn. Look at J.J. Mm. Paterka. J.J. Paterka is very, very well thought of. Um, a lot of... Lot of NHL men, when he got to the second round, were shocked. The Sabres had a first-round grade on him. And it got to be San Jose's pick in the second round. I think Buffalo might have been four away. And they just said, he's not going to make it to us. So they made a trade with San Jose to move up. Uh, it was either two spots or four spots. I can't remember off the top of my head. But you get the idea. So they were able to take him. And you can just see why. I mean, he and Quinn are just and, and Murray are just a step above everybody else, whether we're talking about the Devils or whether we're talking about the Sabres. I mean, they're they're just you know Quinn went number one, Paterka went number two in that draft, and you know I think the Sabers got good ones there. I mean, the Sabers have three very good prospect goaltenders. Yeah, you know they that uh, you, you know so you know you got Eric Patillo at Michigan. It's going to be their starting goaltender on what could be the national championship team this year. You know, and and, and then they traded for Levi with Florida, and the reason Levi was a seventh round pick. He didn't play in a league, really, that he could really show anything. And then he shows up on Team Canada 
right. for for the World Junior Tournament, plays all the games, and has a .75 goals against average. I think he might have given up four goals the whole the whole tournament. I mean, and that's when everybody go, oh, whoa, wait a minute. I, I think maybe we had him uh, rated a little bit low here. And that's why the Sabres, you know, when they were talking with Florida, they wanted to get another goaltender in the system and, and got that. So, I mean, I think they have three very good young goaltenders in their system. I mean, Owen Power speaks for itself as far as on the defense. But look at Matias Samuelson that mm-hmm. we're watching. Uh, Aksari Laksanen last year was on the Division All-Star team in his first year in the American Hockey League. He and Samuelson played together last night. They were great. Laxanen is very, very good at leading a power play. He played the Rasmus Dahlin spot on the, up on the middle of the point there, and it actually wound up in a goal. Nice low shot. You got Murray in front of the net screening. Murray pounces on the rebound because Laxanen puts a nice low shot that is going to produce a rebound, either go in or produce a rebound, and they wind up scoring. And he had done that the whole time where he was feeding Quinn on one side, Rostelainen on the other in the circles, and I was really impressed with him, not only the way he handled the puck and was able to get the puck out of the zone, but for the most part defensively. There were a couple of problems now and then, but that happens in a hockey game. Hockey's a game of mistakes, but for the most part, there's a kid, I think, that is going to be a player for, for the Sabres. You know, you talk about Bryson as a guy, that a good young player that uh, mm-hmm. we got to right. see a little bit last year. So I, I just think the people who, who well, it's it's easy to – it's easy to just pile on the Sabres. It's easy to say on Twitter, well, the cupboard is bare. Because everybody else says it. Your yeah. buddy over at the bar <laughs> says it. So it must be true. If Johnny over at the bar says the cupboard's bare, well, I'm, i got to put it out on Twitter that the, the cupboard's bare without actually doing a little bit of homework and finding out that, you know what, maybe the cupboard isn't bare. Now, none of these guys might pan out. You don't sure. know. Right, <laughs> but but I mean these are these these kids that they just drafted are eighteen year olds. They got the you know two number one picks in this last draft. Well, how's that going to work out? We don't know. I you know power is probably going to be you know very good, but you know you don't know how the rest of it. They, they drafted three Russians in a row, which they're very high on. But again, is that going to work for them? But their draft. A lot of people are saying, "Who's this guy? Why are you drafting Russians? Who's this guy?" Well, people who know the draft start grading the draft, as you know, not only in the NFL, but they do it in the NHL, too. I think the lowest grade I saw for the Sabres draft was B+. Yeah. Most of them were AA-, minus because they were really impressed with those Russians and liked who the Sabres took there, along with uh, you know their two number one picks. Dare I uh, reference Twitter here, Paul, um, but I, wa- I wanted to stick with Samuelson because I think he's an interesting name in the conversation this upcoming season in the NHL, I know they go out, they go get Will Butcher, they bring in Mark Pizik. So they've got some good veteran leaders, I believe, that are likely looking to not necessarily resalvage their career, but maybe reestablish themselves as everyday, you know, top four, um, top five defensemen in the league. But Samuelson's an interesting name for me because, Paul, he's the one guy I looked at. He's got the size. He's got the shot. The question was, does he have the foot speed? Can he skate at the NHL level? And I think in limited time last year, you saw a guy that needed to work on it. Did you get the sense after one game, I know it's one game and it's amongst mostly AHL and and prospect level players, but is that a player in your mind that you can see here in the next year or two playing big minutes? Maybe not big minutes, but a third line, maybe a third pair role with the Sabres as long as that foot speed, that skating continues to improve. 
Yeah, he has improved from the time he was drafted, the first time we saw him at one of these prospects things, to now. It's like night and day. I mean, he's working on it. And, you know, his dad is Shell Samuelson, who spent, I believe, eight seasons in the National Hockey League with Pittsburgh and Philadelphia and, you know, was a veteran of, of the league. So, you know, he, he's got a dad who can tell him, Hey, you need to be able to do this. You need to be able to have, you need to be able to improve your foot speed. They talk all the time. They talk after games, you know, good things and bad things. So he has a a good resource there. He had a good resource last year in Dan Girardi, who's going to be around. Um, You know, Granado said he couldn't be a full-time coach this year, but he is kind of part of the coaching staff. He's going to be around, you know, from time to time, as much as he can be around. And that's that's good news for Samuelson. For sure. That's good news for Darlene. Uh, you know those guys who I think really took a step with on, with Girardi. Why? And you say, well, why? Why would Darlene take a step with Girardi? They're two totally different type of players. Well, they can relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Darlene played against them. You know, <laughs> so he just finished his career right. in, in 2019. So that gives him some credibility right there where Darlene knows that Girardi has been in the league in the last couple of years. He knows certain situations. He knows the league has changed. So now your ears are wide open when you're dealing with a guy like that instead of a guy that retired 25, 30 years ago when the league was totally different. And I'm not saying that the guys like that can't coach either. But I think that's why Girardi had some good credibility. He related well to Darlene. He related well to Yoki Haru. And you saw the improvement in not only their games, but many of the defensemen's games. Paul Hamilton here on uh, on the West Her Hotline. Uh, we're talking about yesterday's 3 nothing win, uh, Sabres prospect challenge over the New Jersey Devils. Paul, um, uh, some eyebrows being raised uh, when they saw the roster come out for the first time, particularly the Lions and seeing Jack Wynn um, leading off that first line at center when he was drafted as a winger. I think most of those eyebrows being raised kind of come into question when you see five of the next six picks after Quinn are all centers and the Sabres choose to go Quinn at the wing position and have already potentially moved him in to that pivot spot. What are you? What do you make of the move, A, and B, what did you see from him in that game yesterday that, that might lead you to believe that might be something they, they maybe look to do more on a long-term basis? Well, Adams kind of had it, has had it in his mind the whole time, even when he drafted him. And I don't pay at this point in time three years when we have this conversation is when I'll pay attention Mm. to it of the centers that were drafted around him after him, not him, whatever, you know, because we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what Rossi's going to do. We don't know what any of these youngsters are going to do until, you know, we get two, three years down the road and then we can make an evaluation like, eh, you know, why, why did you go that way? Maybe it would have been a better idea to do this way or, you know, that was a good move. The reason they like Quinn at center is his intelligence and the way he pushes the play. Usually scoring wingers don't push the play, and he did from the wing, and that's what intrigued them about him being a center. They liked the fact that he likes to cut to the middle. As a winger, he used to cut to the middle anyway quite a bit because he wants to push the play from the middle of the ice. So not only does he push the play offensively, but he does defensively too. You could see that in spades yesterday too, how he gets back, how he closes the gap between the defense and the forwards to make a nice tight gap so they can make a play, turn and go, and they're on their way up ice. He's very good at that with the back pressure coming back also. So those are the traits they like at center. I'll tell you what, they weren't keeping draws yesterday. If he didn't win 80% of his draws, I'll be shocked. 
I mean, he, mm. he it, every time I, I paid attention, he won the draw clean. I mean, it was just like he, he cleanly won the draw. It wasn't even close uh, wherever, basically, he wanted to go to. So, there, you know, now that's against kids. That's not against right. Bergeron of the Boston Bruins, you know. But uh, still, I mean, that that was part of the game that which impressed me, too. But that's why they... They, they've had him on their mind at center the whole time. When he was on Team Canada with the silver medal team with Cousins and those guys, he was basically, his coach from Oshawa was the coach of that team too, and they basically put him in a defensive penalty-killing role, even though he's a big scorer in junior. And I think he had a goal and five assists, but he was always killing penalties. He was always out in those key defensive roles that uh, to play, and that's what makes a good centerman. That's why if they – Craig Rave was talking about this with me the other day. If they didn't recognize that he can play both ends of the rink, they never would have tried this. Mm. Uh, so they were very pleased. The other thing that Seth Apper talked about that we don't get to see, he goes, you sit him down in a film session, just you and him. He goes, it's amazing the things he sees and comes up with. And he says, when you're coaching him, you got to tell him once. He goes, and that's it. You don't got to tell him again mm. because he gets it right away. He goes, he's an extremely intelligent hockey player. He studies the game. He understands the game. And that's another trait of a center. So what better time? Now, let's say this yeah, you're doesn't right, work. You're right. What better time? Exactly. This is a prospects tournament. So if you have the idea that we'd like to make him at center, what is all the criticism about? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I had to answer angry so to be many angry. times. Right, I just yeah. angry to be angry well, pretty much. Well, the Sabres screwed this up. They could have drafted this guy. They screwed this up. Well, first of all, you don't know they screwed it up because I don't know they screwed it up. You don't know they screwed it up. None of us know because they haven't even made the league yet. So we don't even know if they screwed it up or not. Second of all, if you have this idea, isn't now the time in a prospects tournament to give it a look? You got to see it for three days in practice. You get to see it in two games. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being stupid here, but I, I think if you have this idea, now is the time to look at it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it it makes sense to me, Paul, and and I think mo- more so. I think there's a level of draft bias right now in this city because it's turned into a football town, Paul, and not not, oh, not yeah. to say not to say that it's never not always been a football town, but this for a long time. When that team, you know, and the Bills really couldn't do anything for what? The better part of two and a half decades, this became a hockey town. And I think what people see in the NFL is guys get drafted and the next day, the very same year, their rookie season, they're making tremendous impacts to help win football games. And that just isn't the case in the NHL, Paul. And there's a lot of development. These guys are getting drafted at a far different point in their life. They're not 23, 24 year old kids. These are 18, 19 year old kids with that these NFL players have three or four or five years of development, not just mentally, but physically as well. So I think your point, I think, is is a good one here, which is let's give these guys an opportunity to grow, and why not give guys an opportunity who might fit in a position better than maybe you thought when you drafted them, and give them an opportunity to work into it. And to your point, like just there's not a better time to do it. You don't wait till the preseason. You don't wait until the first month of the of the regular season or in the AHL to do that. Give them opportunities. Give them reps, and I think you'll see that development. Yeah. Now he get to, did get to play two games at center in Rochester before he had to end his season because he was fighting through a. Uh... A, uh, I also hernia. don't. I also think Paul that that didn't help his case or how people think of Quinn either. 
is he missed a lot of time last year to that injury. It just he definitely wasn't a hundred percent. He had it all year, yeah. and 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 still put up okay numbers. But you're right, he he had it back in the World Junior, and he was trying to fight through it. And Appert said, had he not had he been healthy, he was going to finish the year at center. They were going to because there are no playoffs in Rochester. So again. You're not really playing for anything other than pride and showing the organization what you can do. So uh, they were going to finish the season with it. And the thing is, now they get a chance to look at it. If they like it, now take it to training camp and take a look at it in training camp. See if you like it against some better players now. Now we're not going against younger players. Now we're going to go against the big boys. Let's see if you like it there. If, if you kind of like it and he winds up in Rochester, good. Let him start the year there, see how it goes. It's, it's a step process. Like, if you keep it liking it, you can go to the next step. If you don't, put him back on wing yep. and you're done with it. Yep. You know, so it, it's just a step-by-step process they can go with this kid. I, I kind of like that they're doing it. And now that I've heard the reasons and been able to, you know, talk to him about it, He's excited about it, and just now I've been able to see it in practice, which, again, he and Paterka, every practice are the best player on the ice. They should be. They better be. That's what we're looking for. And, again, that line was the best line on the ice during this game. They scored two of the three goals, and, uh, you know, one was on the power play, but they were all out there. So, you know, the, he even moving to center against other players, and there were some pretty good players out there for the Devils. Their number one pick in 2020, Dawson Mercer, was out there against Quinn quite often. I believe they were teammates on Team Canada, so they know each other. And Quinn easily won the battle, mm. easily. I mean, Mercer played, it's a whole first-round line. Nolan Foote was a first-round pick at Tampa Bay, and Alex Holtz was the tw- two thousand also a, a 2020 first-round pick. So that's who Quinn went up against. A whole line of first-rounders who are his age, but still they're good hockey players. I thought he dominated, to be quite honest with you. Paul, I know you'll get, I'm sure, a bunch of this during your roundtable session, which starts at 2 p.m. right after Sports Talk Saturday, 3 p.m. puck drop right here on WGR. Uka Pekalukinen gets the shutout yesterday, Paul. How impressed were you with his um, with his game yesterday? I saw a couple of highlights, that two-on-one save, where he was just way ahead of the play. He was almost ahead of the pass before it was made. Uh, he looks to be sort of in line here, Paul, for some serious NHL duty this upcoming season. What are you most looking forward to, and what did you see yesterday that, that maybe gives gives you um, some confidence that this is a guy that's going to come into the NHL level. We saw him briefly last year, but what's giving you the, maybe it's he's healthy for the first time, um, yeah. or, or a long stint of health for the first time uh, in, in his career in, in the last maybe three or four years. Well, he put in a lot of good work in the summer, rehabbing his ankle, because as you remember, he played four games with the Sabres and then hurt his ankle, which ended his season. Now, they were near the end of the year anyway. I mean, I think there's only a week or two left. But still, you know, so he had to rehab that, but He's right on top of his game. I mean, he made some very good saves in that game. One thing I noticed is he's very strong with his pads down on the ice when he does the splits, and and he makes the save with the pad, and guys are banging at the pad trying to push the pad in the net. That, that, that pad doesn't budge. He really, really has very good strength with that. He's grown. I was, When I interviewed him a week or two ago, he was on skates, but still I'm looking at him. I go, you've grown, haven't you? Now, he's listed at 6'4". There is no way he is 6'4". 6'5", 6'6". He's got to be somewhere in there. Wow. 
And I saw three saves last night where he goes down to his knees and made shoulder saves. That's how big he is. You know, the Devils are trying to go high on him. He gets the shoulder up to the top corner and makes the save with his shoulder. You know, and, and the puck pop, you know pops up over the net. So his angles were very good. There were a couple times the Devils came right down the slot. He got up on top of the crease, and with as big as he is, they had nothing to shoot at. Then they started shooting over the net. That was because of him, right. because of the size of him and him coming out at them. They're like, we have no place to shoot. We're, we got to get fine on this shot. And they started popping the puck over the, goal, over the crossbar. But that was, they were doing that because of what he was doing to them. So I, I really, really liked the play. And Adams talked about, I was surprised last year. I'm not going to lie. I know his numbers weren't great in the four games, but he averaged 41 shots a game against him. Um, that's a lot. That's, that's and a I ton. thought he made it. I thought he made some really good saves along the way. So I, that's a case where I kind of ignored the stats because I was there and watched the games, and I was impressed by some of the things I saw. There were other things. There were times he was out of control. He talked about that uh, this week. That's one thing he learned in the NHL, how fast it is, and he's got to get his body under control. And, uh, and Marty and I had a conversation about that, and Marty goes, yeah, I like that he was thinking about that. That, you know, get the body under control, be controlled in your movements and not be willy-nilly flying around the crease and that type of thing. Everything was controlled. So they said, and I knew the minute they signed Aaron Dell, that's when I said to myself, they are going to give Lukanen every opportunity to be the number one goalie on this team. If he can do it, great. If he can't, then Dell's the backup to Anderson. That's the way it'll go, and we'll see how Lukanen goes in Rochester. And Adams pretty much... A, uh, admitted that when we got to talk to him, you know, after the signings and everything that, you know, they're, they're impressed with Lukanen and they want to give, they said he's not going to be given anything. Right, he's going to be given, be given an opportunity. opportunity. Yep. And if he can earn that job, but they're not going to rush him. If, if he doesn't earn it, they'll send him back to Rochester and give him a half a season down there. Maybe take a look at him at a half year and see where he's at. So it's not going to be a rush deal, but if they feel he's ready I saw nothing last night against prospects to tell me different that, uh, you know, I, I think he's the job's going to be his. All right, Mr. Hamilton, thank you so much. We will be hearing from you in a few hours on Sabres Roundtable starting at 2 p.m. and Puck Drop at 3. We appreciate your time as always, and good luck this afternoon. We'll be listening. Sounds good. Great talking to you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.